All right, so Tracy, I've been fascinated for a long time about this uh, this compound known as as DMT. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. I've seen some stuff online. I know that you have a bit of a background uh, with with another compound called ibogaine, or the whole process of an ibogaine treatment. So just to kind of uh, uh, I guess quantify why you might be a bigger authority than most on stuff like DMT and you know psychotropics or whatnot. Tell me about uh, tell me about your ibogaine history. Okay, um, well, how do I tell that in a nutshell? Um, <laughs> excuse me. I I I had an experience where I dated a girl who became addicted to painkillers, mm-hmm. and I watched helplessly as she crashed and burned and and uh, and went on her way. Right, and it affected me deeply, and. Years later, I was literally working on somebody's car, and we were having a conversation, and it was early in the morning in a parking lot, and I saw these two people in the next parking spot wake up in their car, and they both looked at us like they were embarrassed that we had just noticed they were sleeping in a parking lot, and they jumped out of the car and ran into uh, the business there. Mm-hmm. And I knew as soon as I saw them that they were on opiates because I remembered from my girlfriend how that that look is it's just that real far away you know heavy bags mm-hmm. etc and and i said I, those two people are on opiates i said i can tell i know the look and my friend whose car i was working on uh said my son i he was addicted to opiates horribly been went to uh, rehab nine times uh could never get him clean it looked like we were going to lose him and then i took him to mexico and he did this thing called ibogaine and he's been clean two years now Wow. And when I heard the story, I said, well, this, this sounds crazy. And I, and I wrote down the word Ibogaine, and uh, it was later that day. I, I finally got a chance to look it up on a computer, and uh, within a few hours, it, it occurred to me that this is something I needed to do with my life. Right. Uh, I, I think I was looking for something for myself, and when I realized that there was this thing that could help so many people that for some reason this power control structure of our country is suppressing the knowledge of and has illegalized and done everything they can to prevent people from the United States from having access to it. Interesting, interesting. So you educated yourself on Ibogaine and and you you helped facilitate an actual treatment facility, yeah? Yeah, we're in the Bahamas and uh, it's called Bahamian Oasis. Okay, okay. So, fast forward from that. Tell me how you got turned on to this whole DMT thing, because I've heard Joe Rogan talk and, uh, and say it's one of the most uh, amazing experiences he's ever had in his entire life, and I'm, and I'm intrigued by it, the, f- the fact that it's found in nature. Supposedly, uh, you, you, you get the, the, the first DMT rush at, what, 57, 56 days uh, in, in utero, and then at the moment of birth, and then at the moment of death, but what's been your experience of it? Okay, first of all, you, you said be early on in this conversation that you consider me an authority on this subject. I am definitely not an authority. <laughs> I, I'm, but, but I am somebody who's done it a couple times, and my experiences were life-changing, uh, completely changed the way I look at life and, and reality and the universe and, and God. I mean, it affected me in every possible way. It was, it was a, I can't believe I didn't have this experience sooner in life. Um, that being said, um, you know, it's, it's a good story. Um, what, what I experienced and what I saw, and it's, it's 
to this day, I'm still trying to analyze it and reanalyze it and come up with, you know, why this and why that. Um, but it was, uh, it was a real awakening. I was going to say, it sounds like an awakening. Take me through that experience. Okay, well, there was two times I did it, and I'm going to tell the first one real, real brief, because it was short. It, was, it only lasted 12 minutes, and it was derived from some kind of tree bark. That's all I know. And I was at a friend's house. He offered it to me, and he put it on top of a bong hit. Okay. And, and I, I had known that I wanted to try this. I had heard about it. I was very interested. In it. I wasn't planning on it. It caught me off guard. But there I was on his porch, and I, he said, take as big a puff as you can. And so I did as I was told. I took as big a puff as I could. And then as I pulled the uh, pipe away from my mouth, he immediately grabbed it, put his hand on it, and said to me, okay, now sit back and relax. And as he was saying the word relax, it hit me, and I launched. And, like, I remember when he said the word relax, it went fractal. And he said, so sit back and relax, and just everything went zippity. Right. And at first, my vision turned to all hexagons in front of me, and then all those hexagons divided into a trillion little hexagons, and then poof, I was, I was gone. I just, I absolute out-of-body experience. Um, uh, the next moment, I found myself awash in this river of current. It was uh, black with like lots of blues and whites, or, and it was just rushing all around me. And it was, it was like water, but it wasn't getting me wet. So it was some kind of energy. And I was tumbling around in it and trying to understand where I was and how I got in there. I didn't remember that I had just smoked DMT. Um, I just found myself in this place. And I finally realized that the current was coming in one direction. I managed to kind of right myself. And, and I'm looking around and, you know, w- wondering where am I. And, and I, I, I do some more looking, and I realize that the, the energy is all coming from this little white spot far off in the distance. And it was like the brightest white light I've ever perceived. And as I realized it was all coming from there, I looked around some more and I was like, well, what do I do? Where am I going to go? Why am I here? And I'm like, well, there's nothing else to do. I guess I'll head towards that white light over there. And I took about one and a half steps and then it hit me. Wait a minute. It's the white light. And I'm drawn to it. Oh my God, I'm dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And not knowing how I got there or why I was there, I just knew that I didn't belong there, and I panicked. And I remember I cried probably as hard as I've ever cried. And then it, I got so sad that at some point it became ironic and funny, and I started laughing. And after I laughed a bit and calmed down a little bit, I was looking around again and still very confused, you know, wondering what, what happens next, where am I, what happens, you know, I didn't understand what was going on. And your eyes are open and, through this entire experience, right? It's not like you went back, laid back, and closed your eyes to settle in for this. Well, I, I was completely out of body. I was no longer on, that, on my friend's porch. I was right. in another dimension. So you don't know if your eyes physically were open or not? I don't think they were. Um, after the experience, he told me that I yelled a couple times during the experience, and that might have been when I was realizing that I was dead. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it was just, I mean, it was, it was wild. And, and so it, as I was 
again, I was, I was sitting there wondering where I was, and out of this river of energy, like literally this, like, it, like it was coming out of water, a human hand outstretched down in front of me and grabbed me in a handshake by my right hand and, and pulled me to, I guess, what would have been what I suddenly perceived as an upright position, and I was standing in front of myself. There stood me, face-to-face -face with me, holding my hand and looking me in the eye, and I remember looking at him, and, look, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is impossible. He's like, and he, he gave me a reassuring nod, and we started communicating. We didn't even have to, like, move our mouths. We were just, like, telepathically talking to each other. And, and he's like, no, this is, this is really happening. And, and, I'm, and then I looked him up and down again, and I realized that he was naked, and I also realized that he was hairless and had no genitalia. Um, at, at which point I immediately looked down at myself and I was the same. I was also hairless and without genitalia. And um, I, I looked at him again and I remember that I, I was in that dimension. I was able to look right through him. I was able to see everything about him. And I remember looking him up and down and thinking, man, you're really awesome, which basically I was saying to him by thinking it. And he looked back at me with, with a gesture like, don't you get it? And then it hit me, oh, wow, you're really awesome. That means I'm really awesome. And then myself looked at me like, yes, yes, you get it, you get it. Um, but you were really upset then, that you lacked any genitalia. Not at all. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, it was a release. It was, we're literally in a dimension where you don't need that anymore. Yeah. Um, and the next thing I remember, the two of us, I, I got really happy, and the two of us started dancing. We were still holding hands. I never wanted to let go of his hand. And we started dancing around in a circle. Um, and then the next thing I know, he was gone. And I was still looking around trying to take in my surroundings. And I determined that I could go to an infinite number of places and experience an infinite number of dimensions at that point. All I had to do was make a choice and go there. I, like I, could, I, I couldn't see them, but I knew they were there. Right. Um, and the next moment, I'm back on the porch. And my friends look at me and goes, welcome back. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. And, and and I just I couldn't believe it. I jumped up off that chair and I ran and grabbed a hold of the side of the house because I still felt like I was in that current. And I held onto the house and I was like, "No way! No way that did! No way that did not just happen!" Yeah. Um, it was it was beyond anything my imagination could have ever come up with. So that tell tell me about the, the longer second time. Okay. This one, I got to experience what's called 5-MeO-DMT. What's the difference between it, regular DMT and the 5-MeO-DMT? Well, the DMT that I tried the first time was derived from a root bark, I mean a, a tree bark. Right. And, and the 5-MeO is extracted from the poisonous uh, venom in the pimples on the back of the buccal alvirus toad. Okay. which is a subterranean toad that only comes above ground for two months of the year in the Sonoran Desert of Arizona. Okay. And the indigenous people there um, protect these toads, and they, they go out every year during those two months, and they, uh, they go around and carefully milk the pimples off of each toad once during that two months. They, they put a little tag, on, a little like bracelet on their leg, to mark that this one's been done and they don't touch it again for the rest of that season. So every toad gets milked once. Um, they, they simply milk it, they let it dry, it turns crystalline, and then you vape that. Okay. 
And so the opportunity came up. Um, it was with a friend who was friends with a shaman who was in town from Arizona. <laughs> and I went to her apartment. Um, the, the shaman was incredible. He uh, made me feel very comfortable. Um, they put on some nice music. They did some chanting. Um, I, I just kind of tried to get centered and relaxed. And then finally he came over to me with this, it was like a, like a big test tube, like a, probably like a two-inch wide test tube or, or something like that. And it had a cork in the top with a, a hose coming off of it. And, and basically we, he had the uh, DMT in the bottom of the test tube, and he used a torch to heat that up. And so it's kind of like a vape bong. Right. And uh, he said, take it long and slow and deep and hold it. And so I did as I was told. Um, I sat back and, you know, I expected to blast off like I did the first time. But this one was, it was a little slower. I mean, it wasn't like it was slow, but it was a little slower getting, getting going. And uh, I started to blast off and then I immediately found myself back on the floor there. I'm like, okay, so I kind of readjusted myself and laid there, tried to make myself comfortable, closed my eyes. I started to blast off, and I came back. I was back on the floor again. And I remember looking up at the shaman and my friend, and I'm like, I feel like I'm fighting it. I need to let go. And I put my arms, I outstretched them to either side of myself, and I said, universe, please take me. Please, I want the knowledge. Please take me. And poof, an instant later, I was standing in an apartment across the bar from the kitchen and inside the kitchen was me cooking. And so there, but this time, unlike the first experience, we had clothes on. It was as real as you and me sitting in a room together here. It was that real. I mean, it was, it was incredible. And, and as I arrived, myself looked at me and said, ah, you're here. I put his arms out like, you know, come over here. And, And I, we shared a hug. We shook hands, um, and then uh, I think there was some brief small talk. I, I get the impression there were other people in the room, though I never saw them. Um, and uh, I, so I said, you know, I, so you know why I'm here? And, and myself said to me, yeah, yeah, so what do you want to know? And I'm like, well, everything. And he's like, well, you already know. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, you already know the answers. I said, and I looked at him kind of funny. I tried to think about what he meant by that. And I'm like, no, I don't know the answers. That's why I'm here. I, I want the answers. He goes, just ask the question and the answer will come to you. And I wish, I wish to God I could sit here and tell you the three questions that I asked. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't. I yeah. don't remember them. Um, but I asked a question, and as soon as I asked the question, I immediately knew the answer. And, and I remember going, whoa, like I know the answer. And he looked at me and like wagged his finger at me like, see, I told you. And so that naturally, because of the answer, segued into question number two. And I asked that question, and boof, I knew the answer. And myself looked back at me with this knowing look like, here we go. And I was, and of course that segued into the absolutely logical third question I asked, whatever that was. And as I asked that third question, it all hit me. The, the, all of a sudden, just the answers to everything, like logic became, uh, it 
became understandable. It, the, the logic of the universe. Like I understood everything all of a sudden. And I, I, it was almost as though myself waved to me like, have fun with this. And I just launched from there to some further dimension where I was just like in, in this, I don't know what to call it. It was just this massive energy and color and light. And I was being carried and all these answers, I mean, just thousands of answers to all these questions were coming to me and enlightening me and teaching me everything. I was getting, I was getting the full tour. Um, and the, the pinnacle of that, I ended up in what I've later investigated and I found that Terrence McKenna refers to as the Omega Point. And basically the Omega Point is the center of all creation. It's, it's, it's the it's the source. It's it's God. It's it's the the center of everything that is. Right. All comes down to a point. And I I literally was carried onto that point. I laid on that point like it was in the small of my back, and I sat there and perceived. I mean, it, in my perception, I think I experienced what it is like to perceive as God does. Okay. Like I was shown, I was shown, this is, this is what it's like. This is, this, now you understand. And after that, I just, I just remember that, I mean, I'd had so many revelations and so many things that had been shown to me. I was feeling so just incredible. It was just a, the most positive experience in the world. And I, I kind of felt myself traveling away from that, that point that I was at. And all of a sudden, in, in, all, in the midst of all this ecstasy and, and, and good feeling, there's this voice, and the voice says, Lord, and poof, I'm, I'm suddenly overlooking an apartment, and I'm looking down on this guy, and he's got no shirt on, no shoes, he's bald, he's fat, and he's walking around this really, really messy, gross apartment, staring at the floor, and just kind of like really waddling slow around the apartment, staring at the floor. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why am I seeing this? Why am I being shown this? And then I got this horrible feeling that this guy had done something really bad. And that what I was witnessing was this guy, you know, going over what he had done in his head. And I was like, and as, it, as that hit me, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow, this guy did something really bad. And I'm like, why am I being shown this? And then a moment later, I some guy, a face, comes to me in, in front of me and wags his finger at me and, and basically c communicates to me, I told you I was going to get you back one day. And the next moment, I feel myself waking up on the floor. And it was the scariest moment of my life because at that moment, I was convinced that I was about to wake up as that bald guy to a, a face full of police and people looking down at me like, what have you done with a bloody work weapon in my hand? Right. I, I, I was sure that I was sure that's what was happening. I was sure of it. And, and so when I woke up and saw the face of the shaman and my friend, uh, that was a, that was a real uh, peace of mind. But it, was, <laughs> it was a frightening moment. It was a frightening moment getting there. And, uh, it took me a lot of processing to come up with conclusions as to why I was shown that. Um, so what's your conclusion? 
I think what I was shown was hell. And I think what I was shown about hell is that it can be anything. There, it, it, could, it could be anything. There are no limits to what hell can be because you make your own hell. And so it's your own imagination. And really, I can't think of a worse, a worse place. In, in, in my mind, like I've, I've gone over it, like there's no worse place I could have thought I was about to wind up. Um, and with the, and remembering that, I'll uh, I'll be very mindful of my behavior. Right, right. Wow, unbelievable! It sounds like uh, like you had two very very different experiences for sure. Um, I can't wait to do five meo again. Although I've I've learned through this process that it's not something you go to and get like, especially someone in my position where I'm, I'm kind of in this field and I, 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 you know, I associate with people in this field. I'll just wait till it comes to me. Cause it will, it'll come to me. And I look forward to that day to trying it again. Um, I've heard that some people have a vastly different experience every single time. Right. So I'm, I'm just a beginner, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I would think that I, with, uh, with anything like that, you have to do it uh, purposefully. It can't just be on a whim. It can't just be in a, in a party space. It can't just be for funsies. You really have to do it purposefully and know what the experience is good or, or, or have an idea for what you want out of the experience. Yes? You, if you get particular about what you want, you won't get it. Right. What you have to want, you need to be general. I want knowledge. Okay. You know, I want peace. You know, I, you know, and, and you'll get that. Um, you know, it, it's definitely not a party drug. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I had good intentions both time I did it, and the second time I did it, uh, the shaman, I mean, I was gone for 50 full minutes. Wow, that's a long time. Uh, and, I, and did it seem like a blink of an eye when you came back? Or did it seem like an eternity? It, it was timeless. Yeah. There was no time. Um, but I can tell you that when I got back, the look on the shaman's face uh, from, from fear to relief when he realized that not only was I back, but I was talking normal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because uh, he said that it's very rare that anybody goes that long. And when I started telling him about the experience, he started praying and saying, oh, wow, like they gave you the, they gave you the, the grand tour. Yeah. Uh, so, he, so he was very impressed by the experience I had. Interesting. How would you compare I, uh, it to a, uh, I don't know, a psilocybin experience? Interesting you ask. Since doing DMT, I've, done mushrooms once okay and it's a it's a completely enhanced experience now like i it's like i now know mentally how to go up to the next level and so as soon as the shrooms hit me i went to a level that shrooms have never taken interesting before. yeah wow well amazing story man i appreciate you sharing that yeah it's my pleasure and uh you know, I, I'm glad to, you know, tell other people about it. You know, I think, I think it's, I think it's silly to, to not want to do it, but then it's, it's just not for everybody. Not everybody really wants to know the truth, you know? Right, right. 